Hey everybody, welcome to episode 14 of the Slow Drag Has a Podcast 2. My guest today is Anthony Simpkins. He is a videographer who runs a folk music YouTube page called Gems on VHS. Highly recommend you guys checking it out. In this interview, Anthony and I talk about authenticity, we talk about building a fan base and communicating with your core followers, and the importance of just making shit and putting it out there. Muy importante. As always, this podcast, my Thursday night broadcasts, Thursday night, 9pm Central on Facebook Live, and all the music and art that The Slow Drag puts out into the world is brought to you by Patreon patrons. Thank you so much, patrons, for your generous love and support. Wouldn't be the same without you. All right, here we go. Episode 14. Well, I'm glad I've gotten a lot of practice in on some of these. I've been trying to do an interview series for the YouTube channel for a while, but I'm getting a lot of practice in uh, not releasing a lot of the interviews (laughs) because I'm not used to seeing myself on camera either. But it gets to be, uh, you, you get to learn what you're on air presence is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know yeah and it really makes me appreciate people who are <laughs> ryan seacrest well <laughs> shout out <laughs> totally but totally that's kind of where i was going i yeah. in my head i was thinking of who's that who's that guy who did that chris hardwick he yeah, was the I guy i one. was thinking he did uh oh man what was that show i now i can't believe i can't remember the name yeah. of it. some comedy central game show but like oh, yeah. these types of people yes hosts tv hosts yeah, people who are host used to it man. You start to see that you're, everybody's putting on an act uh, mm-hmm. when they're trying to be like Mr. Host or even the artists when they get on the, you know, they're trying to act like they're this way or that way. You know, I'll see their, their voice. Mm. They'll be talking like this. Hey, what's up? what's going on, man? Yeah, oh, we're about to start. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I went down. You know, and they put on this like whiskey-soaked bullshit, and I'm just like, dude, just be yourself. Man. Dude, that surprises me because it seems yeah. to me that you go out of your way to hunt down super authentic artists. <laughs> well, that's the thing about authenticity is it's mm. all an illusion, man. <laughs> nobody, nobody, what is authenticity? You know, like all these artists have, there's always some uh, level of performance to everything you do, even in real life. I mean, when there are no cameras rolling and no mics hot, you're still putting on a show for everybody, you know. It just mm-hmm. depends on well, how much of a show you're putting on and who's in front of you, but... Uh, yeah. Are we starting now? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean we're uh-huh. going hot? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Laying down the truth bombs. All your favorite artists are all bullshit. Nobody's real. Well, I appreciate hearing you say something like authenticity is bullshit. Um, because as a person who's making something, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And on the flip side, as someone who's like learning about building a business and branding and blah, 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 yeah. that does need to remain fairly authentic. God, give me those keywords, man. Branding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody, uh, everybody's just, you know, you want to be authentic. I would love to just be me, you know, and some people can do that. Sure. But I think a lot of people can't because what sells is like some kind of image, you know. And that, and you hit the nail on the head is your your what you're selling has to be consistent. Oh yeah, definitely. And it has to be it has to be a, from a part of you that's real. Yeah, yeah. Well, people can tell if you're faking it usually. So you know, it has to be somewhat real. And a lot of these artists that I work with are like they actually are kind of the way they are on camera. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're putting on a little bit of it, you know, mm-hmm. the, for the image they want to sell. But, but you know, it's like if you made if you made a really broad 
if my channel was like more broad where it was just music all the time with all kinds of different musicians from all walks of life and all like uh different genres it wouldn't be as popular mm -hmm. because it just wouldn't get that niche you right know, that niche is that the word right There's, that's another buzzword buzzword bro <laughs> you gotta have a niche if you want to hit the uh streets on instagram and you want to get those likes you gotta have a niche you gotta have people just want to people like certain things you know and they want to follow your they want to follow you for what you bring to the table. And if you're bringing to the table something they don't like some days, then, you know, it's like, <laughs> they got like half a second to impress these people and get them to press that like button or whatever. So. Absolutely. And it's hard to sell somebody on like, look, if I did a hip hop artist tomorrow on the YouTube channel, then it would be hard to sell that to, mm -hmm. I mean, ideally it wouldn't be, you know, hopefully a lot of these people have like a, a broad view of music, but a lot of them don't really like, that's the thing about non-music mm. fans and music fans is like mm -hmm. a lot of these people are non-musicians and, and musicians is like all the musicians that I record, a lot of them listen to like Kendrick Lamar on the flip side, mm. even though they're playing like Merle Haggard songs. Sure. But the fans are like, oh, this is the only type of music I like, you know, so mm -hmm. that's always mm -hmm. another thing. You know, musicians respect all types of music, but non-musicians are kind of like locked into this like, you know, they got their one thing they like at the moment mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah that's <laughs> a great so point too <laughs> it's hard it's hard to toe that line it's hard to walk that tightrope mm -hmm. yeah i mean at the end of the day we're all people we're all going to be ever-changing always experimenting oh yeah there's a lot of experimentation <laughs> feeling feels feeling the feels there's a lot of experimentation going on and there's nothing i'm i'm experimenting all the time for sure mm. would you care to expand on that your latest experiment uh, well, that interview part of this YouTube channel I'm trying to get to, man, the interviews, trying to get down to, you know, doing some kind of Charlie Rose 60 Minutes interview where mm. I sit down and we're talking, you know, and I'm taking cues from kind of like Alan Lomax and Pete Seeger, Rainbow Quest, and trying to figure out how to, like, talk to these artists and really get, get the nitty-gritty and get in there, kind of mm. like we're doing right now. Mm. That's my experimentation. After we finish recording, I'll remind you, but have you heard of Hangin' and Sangin' no, with Kelly that? McCartney? Oh, uh, oh. It's a show. Unfortunately, Kelly's moving up north, um, and I think she's just got a couple left in town on Tuesdays at the Analog at Hutton, but she takes uh, folk and Americana artists, and she's been, she's been working uh, PR and... Um, and, and reviews criticisms for a long, long time. So she's a respected journalist in that, in that realm. Mm. And, uh, yeah, she brings people on, asks amazing questions, has them, has them play and sing. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I would, because that's something I need to take notes. Mm -hmm. well, shit, uh, taking, yeah, writing down my questions beforehand is a big stretch. That's a mm. hard part of doing research and all that. That's know? why I don't Knowing do what it. what to ask. Oh, yeah, you, <laughs> you're just skipped that. I noticed you don't have anything written down here. Yeah, you're just no. right off the cuff. Huh? No, I hope, uh, hope I don't ask you anything really stupid or obvious. But if I do, you can just be like, yo, it's on my fucking website, bro. And if you do, you could just cut it out, right? Mm -mm. No, this is all live. No, I'm going to cut a little bit at the beginning when we're kind of getting our sea legs and yeah. testing the sound, and then boom. You're smart, man. That's what yeah. I should do, too. I need to take notes. <laughs> I get too caught up in the, I'm going to edit it, you know. But it's different for YouTube. Mm -hmm. People will sit down and listen to a two-hour podcast. I do it all the time. I mm -hmm. sit down and, you know, just 
start to finish i don't care what they say yeah you know the only part i skip is when they start talking about the mattresses and shit that they got for sale for the sponsor and mm. uh no offense sorry everybody but yeah i skip those parts and other than that man i'm always but youtube's different you know it's like youtube nobody's gonna sit down and watch an hour-long interview on youtube I and mean, it might if it's mm. really good that's the mm-hmm. thing but if it's not you know i'm trying to cut down that like three minute out of like the 10 minutes that i interview somebody mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. youtube videos anyway but what do i know i haven't released any yet so i don't know how they're all gonna play out we'll see how many do you have stored up well i mean uh probably for the last year i've anybody i've done a video with i've tried to sit down and get interviews with mm-hmm. but some of those interviews were literally like 10 minutes so at the beginning of every youtube video for the performance videos, I'm trying to put like a few seconds at least where they say something, mm-hmm. you know, just give people that, you know, a little intro. Totally. And, uh, I'm trying to, so that was what I did a lot of for the interviews at the beginning, but now I want to expand that to, you know, like at least a three minute highlight reel, you know, of the best parts of, you know, talking to somebody for an hour and a half or a half an hour, somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, I'm still learning how to get in the editing room. It takes so much time to cut a conversation up and and try and get the best parts out of it, you know? Oh, yeah. So I haven't done it because I'm always busy doing something else. Hmm. But I want to launch this whole series as like a big part of the YouTube channel, you know? Cool. Yeah. So I need to check out whatever you're talking about. Which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I will leave a little blurb and some links uh, in the show notes for the podcast. But for the listeners, why don't you give us your elevator uh, pitch for your YouTube channel? Well, I, I've never had to give much of an elevator pitch. Uh, so let me <laughs> give this some, some legs here. Uh, <laughs> you know, it all kind of grew organically. You know, I was never pitching it to anybody. But it's, sure. it's just kind of like a YouTube channel where we film artists a la Al Nomax and uh, La Blog Attack. I don't, you ever seen La Blog Attack? Mm-mm. It's like that French uh, takeaway show stuff that Vincent Moon did in, in early 2010-ish. Uh, but any of those like sessions you've seen on YouTube, like KEXP or Tiny Desk Concert, those are the big ones now. Uh, we kind of do that, but mine are not in the same location and they're not, uh, every genre and they're not kind of just impersonal like day trotter kind of stuff where it's just like anybody can come in and do it hmm. mine hmm. are kind of these very curated selected kind of like i do it for the audience that i n- know is watching now but before it was just whatever i like hmm. and uh yeah so we do ses- session videos off stage intimate acoustic usually pretty much mm-hmm. um it's all about songwriting it's all about i uh, uh there was it authenticity <laughs> bring it back to <laughs> yeah. that it's all about authenticity it's all about raw performances you mm-hmm. know trying to do it like mostly folk music i mean it is it's all about folk music you know maybe the genre doesn't always stick but it's all about the people's music you know it's all mm-hmm. about real stories and real songs and reality yeah. I like reality a lot. Yeah. It's my favorite type of movies, documentary, <laughs> reality, you know. Not much of a abstract art person. Now, you said that um, it's curated, well curated. Thank you. And um, 
in the beginning, it was mostly stuff you liked, which is pretty easy to curate. And as time has gone on, you said seven years you've been doing this? Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. That's uh, awesome, by the way, that, that level of commitment to something. Yes. It kind of evolved over time, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started, I was like 22 or 20, I don't know, something like that. And uh, it definitely evolved. I mean, at first it was like a lot like it is now. It was session videos, and then I kind of started moving my own life on, and it evolved into like a business and where I was doing like for hire videography in town in Nashville. And mm-hmm. then it kind of, I decided, well, I'm going to bring it back to just session videos on, you know, YouTube and start another business for that kind of like fryer stuff. And now they're very separate. Ah, so you had the gems on VHS. The the channel was everything you did. Yeah. For a little while, mm-hmm. you know, but that was just because I was a kid who was doing whatever and, you know, mm-hmm. I was still figuring out what everything was, but then it kind of, uh, kind of sat quiet for a year or two. And then I, just kept doing videos with people that I liked, you know, that would come through and yeah, it kind of grew real slowly. And, uh, one, one day, one of the artists kind of blew up, you know, you wake up one day and these videos just keep getting more views. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to get back on this full time and just started, you know, hitting it again hard with the kind of all the ideas I've always had, but now I'm kind of getting to play them all out mm-hmm. a lot more because, now it actually is a uh, self-sustaining business in a way, <laughs> hmm. whereas before it was just a passion project, you know, so I did it when I could and yeah. with what I had at hand. And it's going really good now, so I guess we That's, did something right, curated yeah. it right. I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that, that, that transformation from passion project and hobby to self-sustaining business is a significant one yeah, i would for say everybody yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do and I, I like to point that out and i like to celebrate it because you know as as um as as creators and i think it goes uh the same for you even though you're, you're in a different business somewhat um it can be really difficult to uh feel legitimate or feel confident in the quality of what you're doing, especially when you're starting out and you don't have people clamoring Mm. um, to see everything and listen to everything that you're doing. You know, in the entertainment business, I think a lot of people grow up um, in, in a society where people think like, oh, if you're not like the number one show on, on any given evening, or if you're not a household name as a musician, then you haven't made it. But the fact is like, if your business can make enough to support itself and continue its existence, that's hugely significant. Mm -hmm. And it's the first step on a, a, a path forward to not only having this business sustain itself, but help support you and other creative projects you want to dip your fingers into. Yeah, I love how you say that. Because uh, a lot of people get really discouraged. But there's a lot of levels to that, man. There's all kinds of, there's a lot to poke through with what you just said, because, oh man, it's it's definitely hard to keep going with something that isn't getting a ton of views or whatever you know it's hard to just like follow your vision obviously for seven years or whatever Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that i was like doggedly pursuing the same thing for seven years you know i got bored at different times changed it up whatever but 
definitely if you give up right away, nobody, you know, if you don't follow through with what you're doing 100% and you don't persevere, you know, obviously you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you do get to know when to flip it up. But I always tell all these artists that come, all these artists that come to me, man, they're all looking for the, a lot of them are looking for this overnight success kind of thing. Sure. A lot of them are like, oh, they want to wake up one day and have a million views. You know, they're just counting the views on their videos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that, that matters so little to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely about sustainability, 100%. Like, if you can't just make a profit, period, like, not like a bunch of money, like, make, and it's not just money either. It's like, you know, career moves, but you just have to make everything you do sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting a million views, not about getting a million dollars, not about getting a huge stadium tour. Like literally if you could just tour your own state and make enough money in your own town and you, what, however you figure out how to do it, like there's a million ways you can do it. I know you're doing some Mm -hmm. interesting stuff with yours. You know, you got like the Patreon, you're doing like all this different stuff that people aren't really trying, but, uh, and uh, you know, it's like a lot of these artists don't get that it's a journey, not a destination, you know, Mm -hmm. like. If you want to, and it's always confusing because people are in it for different reasons too, though. It's like, look, if you want to be a career musician, then you need to take it step by step and figure out and put your dues in and figure out how you're going to make, you know, just a modest living Mm -hmm. doing what you want to do. But if you want to be famous, then that's a whole nother thing. I can't help you with that. That's like 90% luck. I'm going to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's no formula to that. Like it's just Mm -hmm. like if you want to get a million views and be some big shot musician that everybody loves, well, good luck. That is 90%. I'm just making up numbers and percentages here, but that is (laughs) 90% luck. You can write that down Mm -hmm. because there is absolutely no format to that, man. No, I think you're absolutely right uh, that if you want to be famous, there's no way to just go be famous. But I do agree that there are there are ways to make your art work for you. I'd say in most cases. I'd say... Mm-hmm. Yeah, even mm-hmm. if you're terrible. I mean, honestly, Absolutely. you can make it work for you, you know? Yeah. Like, you just figure out a way. There's somebody, especially with the internet, there's somebody in this world that wants to hear you do your thing, you know, no matter how you sound. And mm-hmm. you just keep working at it, too. Like, that's another thing people... But I don't know, man. People... People in life and everything is weird. That's what I say. Like, <laughs> you know, you re- there's really no formula. You got to make your own formula and really just kind of go for it and do what you want to do and just try to live up to the best that you can be. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people stop short of that and they they have these doubts and these all. And it's like even your favorite artist has doubts. Like that sure. isn't a reason, but you gotta you gotta be. You got to be dedicated to something, you know, Mm -hmm. and the more dedicated you are, the more likely you are to make it work. That's the bottom line, too. I mean, if you even if even if your idea sucks and you pursue it for like really hard, I mean, you're going to get somewhere. You Mm -hmm. know, you shoot for the moon, you're going to land somewhere in the middle of space outside the earth. (laughs) at least. Yeah. And, you know, there's also something to be said for just completing uh, a project or seeing an idea through whether or not it succeeds. You know, mm. like I'm sure that you've had some kind of of maybe a video or some other creative piece that you've worked on that you're like, oh, this is so great and it's so good. And then it just flops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's most of the stuff I pose, right? Like, no, no, it's a it's hard to have everything have the same level of success. You know, you got to experiment and keep trying to push things. And if it if it flops, it's just uh 
you still learn something about either your audience or about hmm. about what you're capable of, and then you adjust it, you know? I'm never going to give up after I do something that doesn't do well, you know? Because mm-hmm. sometimes just, like, the interests that I have are obviously not the same as everybody else's. So the things that I'm pursuing, at the end of the day, as long as you love what you're doing, that really is the only thing you need. That's what shines through in the work and the final product. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, nothing I do that, even if something I do flops, it's usually not because, like, it was an awful idea. It's more like because it's just not there yet. Like it has to be adjusted mm. somehow or I have to, mm-hmm. I have to keep experimenting and working on it and, you know, flip it into something that will work eventually. The journey, not a destination. Right, you right, know? right. It's not the end product just because I made it and it flopped, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep at it. It's probably gonna be this interview series when I get started on mm. that with these artists that I'm trying to make, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure the first one isn't going to be any good. And that's why I'm kind of holding them but see, I need to take my own advice here, right? I need to just start dropping them and seeing what works. And if they flop, then I'll be like, all right, I need, I know what I need to do now. Like mm-hmm. tweak it a little bit. And honestly, if you were asking me, I'd say the exact same thing, man. Mm-hmm. Just like, just put it out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to fix it later, fix it later. Yeah. Because I think you understand this because you've stuck with this one thing through all of its forms for the better part of a decade now that like... I bet you look back on some of those first attempts at making the gems on VHS videos and think like, oh, this mm. isn't this isn't something I would put out today, but it's there now. Yeah, right. And, I, and I'm never going to go back and delete the ones that I did mm-hmm. before, even though I would n- never like stand behind them quality-wise now or whatever, or like my ideas back then, you know, it's whatever. Luckily, I don't have anything like, luckily, I didn't talk too much back then, <laughs> so who knows what I would have said. Uh, uh you know, I don't have anything too glaringly terrible in the past, but it's, it's like ever evolving, you know, you just kind of, I just drop it and I keep going, you know, like that's what I think all artists should do too. A lot of the artists I work with, sometimes they get too torn up about one thing, you know, one album, one song, they get all worked up about it. And I'm just like, look, if you're trying to be a career musician, you're going to have a hundred albums by the time this is over. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like back in the day where Mm -hmm. it was a big process. You know, nowadays artists are releasing one album every year to make a living. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's going to be. You know, you're going to release an album, you're going to release singles, like just, you know, do your best, get it done. But eventually you got to drop it Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. Not just drop it like and not show it. you. Gotta just like you know, put it out, do it. So I'm gonna do the same thing. You know, I'm gonna keep releasing stuff and seeing what works and making it better and better. You know, by the time I'm 60, hopefully I'll be doing some amazing stuff that uh, drops and is like world class. I hope, mm-hmm. or maybe it'll just be so out of touch. Then I'll be like <laughs> you know terrible. That's always the risk, right? Quentin Tarantino says he's going to stop at, like, what, eight movies? I think he's already there. I think he has, like, one more movie, and he says he's going to quit because he doesn't want to be that 80-year-old director dropping shit movies. Hmm, interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of true. Sometimes you see people lose their edge after Mm -hmm. a while, but there's still something beautiful about dropping something when you're older too and later in your in your path you know as long as they're still not just phoning it in phoning it in mm. you know like mm-hmm. maybe some people might argue ridley scott is doing but uh oh, shade throne shade throne <laughs> ridley i mean what is he doing he's doing like a, a bank commercial now did you see this thing i'm getting ads for it all the time on instagram he's made like a fucking uh 
uh, travel <laughs> commercial or something. Mm. You know, directed by Ridley Scott, Chase Bank, or whatever. Like I'm just like, come on, man. That's crazy. You don't need to be doing that. And well, a lot of artists, are, uh, directors are dropping these Netflix movies now too, which is interesting. Like, well, I think that's Coen legitimate. You know, that? I think that's legitimate. I think I think putting yeah, a movie on Netflix, even though even though like YouTube Red didn't really work out. No, hell no, it didn't. <laughs> I think that like putting out something uh, with full production quality on a website is legitimate. Yeah, no, that's the future. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't fault any of these directors for doing the Netflix stuff, but at the same time, it's we're seeing it at that young stage, I think, where it's not quite fully developed. And I, I don't think anybody's product that they've put on Netflix thus far is uh, necessarily better than the, the Hollywood treatment, you know? like mm-hmm. is, I don't know if you watched this new Coen Brothers one. Did you see that yet? It was uh, the Western they did. Oh, the the um, oh, the ballad, ballad of, of Buster, Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you loved it. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, watching it, I didn't like it as much as uh, it might just be talking about the Coen Brothers. Though. I mean, Hail Caesar wasn't as good as Fargo or anything. So, mm. yeah, maybe they're getting too old too. <laughs> I'm easy to entertain. I will. Yeah, say that. it's all entertainment, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Can't fault you for that. I mean, it is entertainment. I'm looking at it too critically a lot of times. I, you know, I imagine that it's impossible not to look at tv and film and like try to try to get inside the creator's oh, yeah. heads getting all meta on it mm-hmm. trying to figure out like oh this dialogue this that then again i don't even do narrative work so i really should probably just shut up and get get to <laughs> just enjoy it <laughs> entertainment be entertained yeah yeah that's that's the thing to do yeah so you mentioned a couple times um it's the journey not the destination and that's something uh, that i've been pondering a little bit more lately, um, which I tend to do every couple of years. You know, short history on me when I was in my early 20s, um, I was full-time music Mm -hmm. in a band. The band subsequently fell apart and I was like full-time depression, Mm -hmm. doing nothing. As it tends to go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, ended up back at at a day job, moved out to Nashville, tried a few different things uh, in terms of music, like hired gun stuff and songwriting for pub deals and things like that. Mm. Um, Didn't like it as much and then came back to this current project that is now once again a full-time job. And I remember... Um, in, in the year or so coming up to, uh, starting the slow drag, I was working in a restaurant and I was making great money and, um, realized one day that I was losing sight of opportunities to be a full-time musician and, and, and ways to monetize that passion. And so becoming aware of that made me think like, okay, let's just try to find an avenue. I found my avenue, which was mostly on the internet and decided to quit my job. So that was the first, that was the first, we'll say landmark on the, on the journey. And then the next one was like, okay, I'm tired of like not being able to afford to go out and eating a bunch of peanut butter and jelly all the time. So yeah, it's well, like, you got to do what you got to do to get there. Absolutely. I, I definitely promote people quitting their jobs and do it if they don't like their job or even mm-hmm. if they like it and they want to do something else, you know, mm-hmm. people are so scared to quit what they're doing and move on to the next thing. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it really is a scary thing to lose that security. If you haven't grown up with people in the arts who like you know, are actors or directors or oh, yeah, musicians definitely. or something like that. Seems like something you can't do. It seems like something that's just far beyond. Mm-hmm. 
But all that to say, like I had these these landmarks along the journey, mm-hmm. and um, you know now they've become a little more financial and numbers focused than they have like oh, I just want to write the greatest song or oh I just want to you know create really without have having to ask this guy how he wants his steak or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious if if you have any of those kinds of landmarks that come to mind for your business. Mm, yeah, like when it became more about this or that art. Mm-hmm. I've always had a mind for the sustainability, man. Like mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me always, you know, from the very beginning, I guess. It's you do got to have that balance and some people maybe aren't blessed with that balance of mindset naturally either, you know. A lot of people might be just like the creative type and then not have any mind for the numbers. Mm-hmm. I know a lot mm-hmm. of artists like that especially, mm-hmm. you know, they love to shoot themselves in the foot. They just want to play music and have fun. Um, but me personally, you know, I, I love playing music. I love listening to music. I love all the artistic side of doing video and, you know, being the cinematographer and directing all these things. But at the same time, I always had a mindset for the sustainability aspect of it and trying to make, you know, enough money to make it work for me not to have some other job, you know, cause if you have some other job that you're just doing, just doing for money, you can't think, like you were saying, you're losing sight of the opportunities that you get presented in the other field because you're busy, you know, like somebody calls you to come do something. Oh, I can't. I'm serving tables tonight. Mm -hmm. Why are you serving tables? Because you love it? No, because you just want to make some money. You can make money doing what you want to be doing, playing music, if you just put your mind to it. And then that, you get to, they have to really ask themselves if they're, if they really want to be playing music for money at that point because Mm. sometimes even the things that you do for your music career to make money aren't going to be the most fun you know like it's not why you got into it but are you willing to go through that to pursue that career that you want Mm -hmm. you know what i mean are you willing to Mm -hmm. do some you know like whether it's playing music and selling it to you know other artists Selling the songs, selling your songs to, you know, movie rights, whatever, commercial jingles, Mm -hmm. whatever it takes, it's closer to the field you want to be in. So why not just go for that? You know, and a lot of people don't, aren't really willing to make that, that jump, which is fine. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I can't really tell anybody what to do because for some people, that's not worth it to them. And, you know, at the end of the day, you'd rather be busting tables and, and, you know, playing your music on the side and go for it. Mm -hmm. But then people hit me up all the time to be on the YouTube channel and they'll be like, oh man, put me on, put me on, you know, I'm be like, well, let me know where your next tour is, you know, and and we Mm -hmm. can talk, you know, and Mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh, I don't tour. I'll be like, well, then you expect me to put in this work and get you, you know, this video and put you on this channel and do all this for you, but you ain't even put that into yourself. Hmm. You know, you're doing some other stuff and you don't even, wait, you tell me you don't tour? I mean, that's fine. Look, you don't know everybody has to tour, but if you want to be a serious 100% musician, you got to be doing something Mm -hmm. other than, you know, because their online one present is in bumping. So Mm -hmm. they're not just online musicians, which is Mm -hmm. also fine nowadays. I mean, you don't have to tour the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do everything from your house and play your music and still touch people. These people aren't doing that either. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, they just ain't putting in the work. They're playing in their bedroom. They're enjoying music, which is beautiful. That's great. But you can't expect to be put on, you know, other people's stuff to bend over backwards for you if you're not bending over backwards for yourself. Mm -hmm. Putting in the work for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People like to see hard work. I do. Yeah. I love to see Mm -hmm. hard work. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) I just want to see that you're working hard, you know, because I'm working hard and I can't, I can't 
I can't sacrifice for you if you're not working hard. Mm -hmm. Now, I was trying to find a way to ask this question earlier, yeah. uh, and, and, and I think you just gave it to me, is... <laughs> You know, you, you, you mentioned that you, you like to choose who is on your channel. You're not at a point where you're scrambling for content and just accepting whoever comes your way just so you can have another video to put up next week. No, I never was either. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And so now you've got people like, hey, let me be on the channel. Yeah. This is kind of a two-parter question. One, when did you realize that you were a gatekeeper? And two, how have you learned to navigate that responsibility? Because some of these people, I'm sure, personal contacts, not just strangers coming out of the woodwork. Well, the first thing I would say is my uh, quote-unquote gatekeeping is <laughs> is not perfect at the moment. I mean, we have a really un... Um, we are underrepresenting women and minorities mm. on the channel. You know, I don't have enough of that yet. And I'm, I'm still... I'm young. I'm really young. And I'm not uh, relatively really young. And I'm great. not... Yeah. You know, there's a lot of kids out there a lot younger than me doing a lot better work, but... I'm young relatively, and I, I don't have all the answers that I'm still evolving, and I'm really learning, you know, and I'm trying to figure out how I can stay within the genre that I love but and make it work for the audience that we have, but expand kind of the representation on there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not perfect at that right now is what I would say. And uh, as far as being a gatekeeper and, like, how I – how what's the question then? How I, like – Pick who I pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really uh, it's really kind of getting more tough. Uh, I really just look for people. I look for people that are doing good work, and I look for people that are working hard. You know, that's the biggest thing. And pe some people might listen to this and think like, "Oh, he's look for the people with the most views or whatever." But really, it doesn't matter to me at all. You know, mm -hmm. if fucking Bono reached out to me tomorrow, I'd be like, "Hell no!" You know, like hmm. you're already good. <laughs> so wait, if somebody who's like who's killing the game yeah. in the folk music scene right now wanted to be on your channel, you'd be like, "No, nah, you're." It depends you're, on who it is. You're it, too famous. If it's for Mumford my and Sons, you know, I'm gonna say no. Well, I would imagine. But if it's like, uh, you know, I got lots of. Well, I'm not gonna name names. I got a lot of people that are doing good that I would love mm -hmm. to see on the channel because I love their music and I think they're doing it for. You gotta be doing it for the right mm -hmm. reasons. You, you don't want to shout them out. I shout out people I want on the podcast on the podcast. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I've been looking for Pokey Lafarge, but he's been dodging. Me. Uh, you know, Justin Towns Earl one day would be great. Um, I've talked to him before uh, in person once, and uh, you know, I'm just always shouting it out trying to get these people. But I'm not, I say that, but I'm not actively looking for a lot of these people mm -hmm. either. I don't send a lot of emails out. You know, I got plenty. Really, I'm trying to work with the people that, you know, I'm a small operation. There's only like a small team of us. So mm -hmm. I'm really just kind of working with the people that you've already seen. A lot, mm -hmm. you know, Casper Allen, mm -hmm. Esther Rose, we got you know Hayden Karchmer, the Hill Country Devil, you know, Lost Dog, Street Band, but they're already you know doing great. So, uh, you know, a lot of people that I'm trying to just work with that are already in our family, kind of mm -hmm. trying to help them, you know, grow grow their stuff, and our fans love them. So, you know, we got a good revolving cast, but I still do stuff with people that come through. You know, if if there's a uh, if there's demand for it, and there's a there's a lot of people who's a, like Amigo the Devil guy. Uh, I I'm gonna start naming people and get all the names mixed up. But Calter Wall's friend Blake Blake uh, man, I'm gonna you're gonna have to edit this part, bro, because I'm gonna have to look I'm gonna have to look these names up, my man. 
I should have got all this ready before you came in. Though. Well, you didn't know. You didn't know what I was going to ask. I did not know. What no. did you think we were going to talk about? I, I thought we were just going to talk about how cute I am the whole time. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll bring you back on another episode when I get some cameras set up for this bad boy. Oh, I got it. All right, ready? <laughs> it's uh, Blake Berglund. This guy's another Canadian guy. I want to get him on there, you know. There's a bunch of people I'm talking to that I always want to get on that I haven't quite nailed uh, the dates yet. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. of. It takes a lot. That's why I tell these people to hit me up that are just random people that, you know, I love helping out everybody. But, look, if you're just not really, you know, hustling, hmm. if you're not hustling somehow, whether it's, you know, online or you're a lot, and a lot of the people that I do put on aren't like necessarily got big numbers or anything. You know, they're not playing huge shows, mm-hmm. but they're hustling one way or another. And real recognize real. You know, I can tell when they are. Like I'll see it and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I I recognize this person as a hustler. Mm-hmm. You know, as a hard worker, and I'll be like, I can I can work with that. Because it's a lot of work to put on these videos, man. It's a lot of work to go out there with all the gear and everything and shoot it. And, you know, not, and sure, everybody has their cousin who shoots video who could do it, you know, but like, good for them. Like, I, what I do takes a lot of not just physical effort to come out and like do it, but mental effort. Like, I'm putting in work when I work with somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's what I look for when I'm gatekeeping is just, are you working hard? And people hit me up with these stories like they're working hard. Like, I, I work, you know, construction, I do this. And they, they think I want to hear some story about how they, like, train hop and stuff and, like, mm-hmm. how they're they're dirty and, you know, hmm. they're, how they're crusties to the max. And I'm just like, I don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. I'll do video with anybody. You know, you could be some kind of, like, uh, you know, uh, just intellectual, went to college, did all the whole deal. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't discriminate. It's like I'm looking for somebody who is a hard worker, period. Mm-hmm. You work hard. I respect that, and I'm coming with you with the videos. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. So that's the hidden criteria. The music's got to be there for you, first oh, and well, foremost. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll do a yeah. asterisk. <laughs> if your music sucks, then, I mean, it is <laughs> what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but that's a hard yeah. thing to judge, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. no, I, I mean, you know, usually that, that part is the unspoken one. <laughs> I yeah. can't really. Yeah. I don't ever go out of my way to tell people their music sucks, though. Look, I ain't going to go out there and be like, hey, you suck. Uh, sorry. Well, you hey, suck. you know, um, one of the nice things about this upcoming interview uh, yeah. series that you got going on is if someone does suck, but they are a really hard worker and have a cool story to tell, you don't have to record them playing any music. You can just get, you can <laughs> you just think get I the would story. Do that? Yeah. I don't think they would appreciate that. I, think, I don't think anybody's looking for the 60-minute talk about their crusty life. It does help, but I will say this. Um, and it might just be, you know, me listening to music the same way you look at films is if I'm listening to a podcast or something like that and they have a musical guest, I generally don't want to hear the music or I yeah. want like a interview section and then later. Well, music that's interesting. Section. Let me write notes yeah. right now. Cause I'm yeah. trying to make them, but, uh, <laughs> but other people, other people, they don't mind. Yeah. You know? you know, I don't know. I don't want to hear music in my podcast usually either. Uh, hmm. it's cause you know, it's like. God, there's this one guy, this, uh, shout out the podcast, like Lexagram or whatever. It's a language podcast. And Mm. the guy is like, for some reason, obsessed with like 
pop music from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and like musicals and stuff, hmm. which I hate. Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. They're fine. <laughs> but I hate listening to him on his podcast because he'll be talking about some language stuff that I'm super interested in, some linguistics. And then all of a sudden, he, and here's a selection from, you know, I'll just be like, oh, God, here we go. It's like 30 seconds of some some song I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. But it's probably the same with, yeah. I'm hoping to do, for the podcast I want to do, like, uh, that's kind of an extension of the YouTube channel would just be like, the interview stuff and talking and hopefully interesting stories but then yeah maybe they do play like a little bit you know play a song maybe but i do think it should be the outro right yeah not Mm -hmm. the intro Mm -hmm. podcasts are about talking yeah not about singing yeah although talking is singing sometimes (laughs) well you know sometimes they'll they'll talk about a song or something like that sing a little bit of it i don't mind that but you like joe pug um, who joe pug's podcast i've never heard it or otis redding's podcast or not Otis Redding, Otis Gibbs. No, sorry, no. Otis Redding. Uh-uh. Yeah, uh, just two musicians whose podcasts I really like. Mm. I listen to comedians' podcasts more than anything. Oh yeah, they're good. Yeah, of course, that's the uh-huh. bread and butter. Yeah, not really for me though. I listen to, like I'm a nerd. I listen to, like hardcore history podcasts and like <laughs> you know language podcasts and sure. tech news podcasts. I'm a nerd, man. I'm surprised that you don't already have one with like that. That's a that's a wide variety. Yeah, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, like everything's just so much work, man. It's like because I don't, <laughs> I don't do it, yeah. anything half-assed. Uh-huh. You know, if I go in, mm-hmm. I'm going in, and it's gonna be great. And uh, it's a learning process too. Yeah, I haven't done it. It's not like what I've done has prepared me perfectly for doing something like this. But absolutely, well, that's something I've been championing uh, over the last couple of years, as I've realized it being true for myself as well. If you choose a handful of things to do with your creative energy and you do those things really well, then, uh, I don't know, it helps your sanity, it helps your confidence and it helps your output. You know, you can only do so many things. And so it's like, that's what I'm finding out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can only do so many things, man. I, I think, uh, a lot of people underestimate the the value of learning too when hmm. they do it. A lot of people just jump right into it, and I've been guilty of that too. But taking lessons before you know it, you, you, nobody, you don't really experience the process of learning hmm. as an incremental thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of you mm. just wake up one day after you've taken the lesson, and you're just that much better, man. And like you look back a year from then, mm-hmm. you know, during your lessons, and you just realize, wow, I'm like so much better at mm. my art now. A lot of people kind of under undervalue that, and I don't think college can get you that at all. I'm gonna maybe I'm biased because I never went, but uh, from what I can tell, you're way better off just taking like a private lesson, mm-hmm. both financially and uh, learning wise. I mean, it depends on how you learn. If you can learn in that group setting, then I guess go. But I think uh, I think learning and taking lessons. I, t- I started taking guitar lessons and banjo lessons recently mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. for the first time since I was like 15. You know. And uh, it's just amazing how much you progress in your art and get more confident, you know? Mm, man, I should take a guitar lesson. Right. I mean, it breaks you out of that stale mindset, you know? Yeah. I mean, I play the same things all the time, mm-hmm. especially in folk music. Mm-hmm. GCD, I don't need anything else. But Me neither. Yeah. Slide that capo, baby. Yeah. Just, I, don't even, <laughs> I didn't even know how to play in the key of, like, you know, F before uh, I started taking lessons again, you know? Just slide the capo down. But... uh <laughs> It, it, and then also having art and hobbies that are far removed from the ones that you do every day because it can get really frustrating to do the same things all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do a lot of rock climbing now mm-hmm. just because I n- cannot do music for work and for uh, my art 
you know, which it, mm. which it kind of encompasses all of. I needed something that was very far removed from all of those things. And uh, rock climbing kind of got me real physical, you know, mm-hmm. and using my hands and getting out there and just like doing something that you use as a different part of your brain, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that has helped me so much to get off of work slash art after a long day and just hit the gym, you know. Yeah. Or and hit the cool outside. thing about climbing at the gym, and I've said, <laughs> one yeah, of we, my... you climb. We yeah, met climbing. That's, right. that's yeah. funny. I forgot about yeah. that. And one actually one of my one of my strongest memories of you is uh, very relatable. Um, you know, you you edit and I mix, um, mm-hmm. and those those are like the big tedious project days. And Definitely. I remember you were having this one edit day where you just came in and I was like, "Hey, what's up, man? How's it going?" And you were like, <laughs> so mad, like veins popping out of your forehead, like I'm working on this fucking project. Yeah, and, and then it sounds like me. I was like, "Cool, man." And then headphones went on. And you're up on the wall, but I, but I get that because climbing is not like a repetitive task where your mind can wander. Yeah. You really do very involved. You're focused right there in the moment. Just yeah. where's your foot going to go? Where's uh, your hand going to go? Yeah, and getting out of your own head and getting mm-hmm. into the moment and getting mm-hmm. into real life. That's huge, man. That's huge. A lot of people have different ways of doing it. You know, whether it's shooting up heroin, which I do not recommend, or uh, going climbing rocks, which I, I very much <laughs> recommend. Uh, you know, it's just all about getting out of your own head, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to live in your head, which you have to do all the time, but living in the moment is a, a big, is a, the mindfulness movement is really big right now, and mm-hmm. that, uh, that kind of stuff can really save your life, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I love getting off of a really frustrating edit where I, and, and creative work, editing and mixing especially, can be really, like, exhausting. Mm-hmm. mentally not physically which mm-hmm. is a very kind of like frustrating thing because your body will feel restless you st- you have all the- you're still okay to like go you know you could do any kind of physical task but your brain is just fried man and i can sit in front of that computer for hours and just be like fuck i'm done you know my brain's fried like i've thought too much mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. creative work it's like the creative muscle is really hard to flex man that's like you know, just figuring out why I put this scene here rather than here and, you know, what difference it's going to make when really it, it might only be 10 seconds of the video and nobody's going to care at all. But I've got to sit there and think about it because at the end of the day, they do. Mm-hmm. But getting away from that and going to the gym and living, you know, especially when you go out in nature and get to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. I love climbing outside because then you're like, you know, the gym's fun, especially for the camaraderie. But outside, if you can get the same kind of feeling and be amongst nature mm-hmm. and really be in the moment, man, nothing better than getting to the top of a route and looking behind you and just seeing some mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, nature and just being like, yep, mm-hmm. this is what it's about right here. Mm-hmm. Getting yep. out, getting out of your own head. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Everybody, I haven't actually, I've, I've been climbing for <clears throat> a little over a year now. I haven't been outside yet. No, um, we'll have to know. get you out, man. I, yeah, I, it does sound like a lot of fun. There are a few things prohibiting me right now, um, but I do, I do love the idea of it. Physically, like, no. Uh, namely, it's my, it's my very old dog. Ooh. She's, uh, she's. I don't know if she makes it another year. I'll be really surprised. Really, mm. really happy for her. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, for, yeah. just for giving it a go. Yeah. But it just all that to say, like she's fine. It just it's really hard for me to leave the house for more than like a five, six hour stretch because she requires special care uh, as an old dog. So I can't just put that on people. Yeah. And I can't, yeah, she can't. But we used to go running up and down Griffith Park in LA all the time. Mm. She could just 
three, four miles straight uphill in the middle of the summer. Now I try to get her up out of bed to go for a 10-minute walk, and she, like, gives me a death stare. <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm glad I don't have any animals right now. I'm not at that point in my life mm-hmm. where I could handle that. Yeah, yeah. I'm always gone. Honestly, I got, I got her... At, after my band breakup, she was a little bit of a support dog. Yeah, <laughs> just animals are great for that. Yeah, and she's been awesome ever since. And yeah, now she just uh, she just needs to be paid attention to. So mm. no day trips out to uh, to the rocks for me, but I'm always uh, always able to run away for a little bit to hit the gym. Yeah, a lot easier. I mean, that's why I have a gym membership. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I haven't, I've been working so much on my shit that. I haven't been in like a month and I, and I, I feel it. Like I, I remember how good it feels to go and I'm like, oh, I need to go give myself that feeling again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's nice to get into the habit of going out there. I've been waking up early lately too. And that's been great. What's early for you? Well, it's fluctuating right now, but I, before I went to Ireland this month, I had a really bad schedule where i was going to bed at like four in the morning and waking Mm -hmm. up at like noon Mm -hmm. and it was awful and uh because i get a lot of my best editing done or so i told myself at uh you know one in the morning Mm -hmm. because nobody will bother you Mm -hmm. but now i've been waking up at like 8 a.m which has been really nice well you like feet hit the floor date no (laughs) i do things in my bed for a long time Uh in the morning still even when i wake up at eight uh just waking up right now is a good that's a good bonus for me Mm -hmm. it's it's been i've hit a goal there and it was all just because of the jet lag which has been great so yeah now was there was there business in the ireland trip or was all pleasure i don't do anything all pleasure <laughs> i feel like yeah there's always business involved uh-huh. so uh i actually went there with matt heckler who's this guy who plays with lost dog street band uh and is their friend how i met that's how i met him and he's just a great fiddle player and banjo player and musician in general and uh he was going to ireland and i was just like man i'm gonna come too and uh i went out there with him and and uh this girl that i met in i in the UK, she came, and uh, the three of us were just <laughs> going around Ireland having mm. a blast, man. Cool. And I filmed a little bit of him playing some music. Uh, probably nothing too great because I, I just brought my kind of my kind of uh, random gear mm-hmm. that I felt like taking. Basically, my version of trying to take a vacation was to limit what I brought with me, <laughs> and I just totally. kind of filmed yeah. what I could. I could sh- totally just film every day if i didn't stop myself so hmm oh that's an interesting question for you did you used to have a 24 7 work schedule well i mean besides sleeping uh i used to probably did used to work a lot more than i than i do now Hmm. I, i guess i learned what everybody should learn, which is at some point you're just doing bad work mm. after, you know, you've exhausted mm-hmm. yourself. Like today I went to the office and sat down, you know, and edited for like, I don't know, an hour. But I, I knew I wasn't there and I mm. wasn't in it and I wasn't feeling it. So I left and I went to the gym, mm-hmm. climbing gym, and I went and climbed and then I came here. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if you're not feeling it, then uh, you really just got to kind of stop a lot of people don't have that luxury though so absolutely it's yeah. different for creative field i mean mm-hmm. you kind of you need it but obviously you can't like 
quit your serving job and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not feeling, feeling it today, right. boss. <laughs> I'm going to go sit down. can't fake being happy. But, you know, that's why I don't do that work. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't fake it. <laughs> now, your workflow, when I'm mixing... Um, I tend to I tend to take breaks every ninety minutes, two hours, or something like that, like a good ten, fifteen, just to clear my head, and it helps so much. It's made such a difference to do that. Yeah. Do you do that when you're? When I take you're a break every ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got that frame in place before I start the yeah. next frame. <laughs> I I'm all you know. I'd say it. It's like I. Uh, Really, the key is to have snacks in front of you. That keeps me glued to the uh, oh, to the workstation. Hmm. Got to have some snacks and a good drink. You know, uh, in the morning, coffee would be good. Uh, but afternoon, I try to not drink coffee. Maybe tea. Maybe some. Uh, I love cranberry juice. Um, <laughs> and just drink that, and you know, kind of that, that keeps me going with the edits. That's crucial. But also, I just stand up a lot and kind of will do something else. Check my phone way too much. Mm-hmm. That was that would probably be a negative. Do you have an iPhone? No. Do you have an app on your phone that tells you how much you're checking your phone? No, and I don't want to. Dude, it's... I know I check it too it much. It came so standard on the last iPhone, it's and good. it's terrible. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. I do I, not want to know how not much I'm on it. my yeah, phone. I don't yeah. need it. <laughs> I know that I do too much. I also have rollerblades in my office, because our, oh. our office is all, like, uh, the whole building, anyway, is all, like, concrete floors. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll just strap on the rollerblades and take off, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a good that's a good release too, you know. I, it's yeah, it's definitely like fatiguing to sit there and look at the screen. I'm definitely not that person anyway, you know. I'd love to be out in nature if I could choose all the time, you know, hmm. in a hammock somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because of what I had to do, I got to do what I got to do. So if I'm gonna be in there, I gotta be comfortable. Gotta have the snacks. Gotta have the the space to move around. You know, I wouldn't want to edit in a closet. Hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my routine. Man, I, I, I uh, got an editing computer not too long ago. I have desktop for when I'm recording music, and I got so tired of sitting in one place that I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna finance this computer so I can like do editing work, like lyric video oh, stuff and stuff like that." Yeah. yeah, so I can do it, you know, lying down on the couch because I, oh, nice. I love that, you know, like sitting in bed vibe, getting yeah, work yeah. done. I try to do as much as I can in the morning before mm. I go take out the dog. But That's like, true. You got to reinforce good habits and uh, mm-hmm. having the computer kind of mobile where you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. You'll get more work done, you know. I, that's why I like to have the workstation set up at home even though I have an office. Mm-hmm. And the same mm-hmm. can be said about writing music, you know, if you mm-hmm. have the pen and paper ready to go and a good system where, you know, you can kind of like just like, oh, you have 10 minutes, you just sit down, you know, and you just start writing or you just start editing or you just start doing whatever, you know, you got to reinforce those good habits. Mhm. And right now, I, I don't think I do very much editing on my mobile, so I'm I'm but I I'm getting I'm getting good. I'm I'm all right. You know, I don't need to take it home at the moment. But one day I will invest in a better mobile computer. I have a kind of a laptop that's a little older right now and it mm. is nice to whoop. Mm. my mic. <laughs> it is nice to be able to take it anywhere. Mhm. Get up and go. I I like the idea of I like the idea of uh <laughs> taking it out to 
you know, somewhere beautiful in nature and sitting down and editing. Yeah. Probably, I, would, I should experiment with that. I'm better. surprised that you have it. Yeah. Yeah, right? You'd think I was just, uh, just folk music out. I'm out on some hill and some mountain by some stream editing all these videos <laughs> with, you know, wearing my, my crusty clothes and... I close the laptop and hop a train to the next town. No, no, I'm sitting in a boring little <laughs> office. It is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody <laughs> needs to see how the sausage is made. That's for sure. Yeah, but now they know. <laughs> oh God. No, I want to take it out in nature. That'd be cool. We should set that up. Mm-hmm. Maybe me and you can. Well, both that's do where it. you do your filming. It seems. Well, not always yeah. in nature. You definitely like have walls and ceilings sometimes, but you yeah. tend to do a lot of outside filming. Free production that. value. Hmm. So I, it's all about the free production value, man. Mm-hmm. What looks better than a beautiful waterfall? You know, hmm. it's a lot better than most people's houses. So mm-hmm. You just kind of take uh, with our videos. We don't have locations. We just kind of take it wherever. So it, if it happens, but he to managed be, to find really cool locations most of the time. Oh man, yeah, we try. That's the mm-hmm. hardest part of it. People don't realize that's the finding places, man. I'm mm-hmm. all out of places in Nashville. I'm no more favors to pull. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always on the lookout for a nice location. If you know one, shout shout me out. It's hard hard to find them. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's something. That's something that that I did want to ask. What what do people not know about making a good video mm, uh, like they don't know they don't know uh mm. how hard it is to find a good location yeah locations are tough editing is tough we've already mm-hmm. been through that mm. a lot of people don't have the patience and or uh ability to edit and uh say a lot of people don't realize how much time i spend mixing audio they think it's just like oh it's a video and then the audio is just there or something. I don't How know. many mics do you typically use in these? Could be between like six and one, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and maybe half of those end up working. You know, <laughs> it's always a it's always a mixed bag of what worked and what didn't. I uh, definitely spend a lot of time mixing all those mics afterwards depending on the size of the group you know we just kind of try our best we just try and you know put up as many mics as we can and then if they work they work and if they don't Mm -hmm. they don't and you know lately i haven't had any that are like didn't work because the audio was so bad but uh it's been a learning process Mm. (laughs) just like the video luckily people forgive audio uh when it's in a video a little more than they do if it was mm, just like right. straight up listening to it, you know, cause you can kind of get that visual element and you're like, Oh, I understand why this noise was there because this is where they are. Mm-hmm. I love field recordings though. That's my favorite part. I like feeling like the atmosphere is a part of the song, you know, mm-hmm. where they, where they sing it is just as important to what, as what they sing. That's know? not something you plan to change in the future. No, <laughs> mm. no, I don't want it to sound like a recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, like a studio recording. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to sound like they, you know, we're doing a record, and I think that's what people like. It sounds raw. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't really want that polished. You know, all the mics and the shot. You know, that, all that's just mm-hmm. superfluous. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs all that. Mm-hmm. I just do it with a. What, in the beginning, I, I had put pe- iPhones in people's pockets. Hmm. You know, if they had a shirt pocket, I'd put an iPhone in there and hit the voice memo and record, you know, and it worked great. Yeah. It's an $800 mic. 
<laughs> just put it right there and it works yeah and you know what these fucking mics that we're talking into right now they can't text anybody yeah we can't check are... instagram on these mics i tried because <laughs> you know i'm i'm jonesing for it man i might just what do i got are you really yeah what's going on i got text. i'm gonna call you out bro this i got a the... text right i'm looking at my phone right this is the second time <laughs> <laughs> is this the second time yeah Did I second earlier? time the phone's been out i'm yeah. sorry oh it's no it's fine it's fine i've actually it because of my life on the internet over the last few years like that first year out especially i had all my notifs on there was a period of time where i was like i'm gonna do that thing they say you should do and reply to all the dms and answer all the comments sure, and blah blah yeah. blah and it was so so much Hell yeah, that yeah. uh not long after um do I they say you all. should do they s- well <laughs> is that what they say because i probably should do that too then i mean in terms of like keeping a keeping a uh community of people right, right, yeah. uh, interested in you and what you're doing yeah and yeah. also getting to know a little bit the people who are supporting you and what you're doing right, i think yeah. i think that pays um yeah, definitely. I try to respond to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not all of them. No. You know, because then you realize the internet and the world are full of crazy people. Oh, you want to talk about that? <laughs> I could talk about oh, that Oh, you all got day. something? You got a story? Well, you know, at first I had my phone number on the YouTube videos. Your real phone number? Yeah. Whoa. It was before, before I even thought about, you know, getting random calls. What was, why was it there? I don't like, know. Like, you want to be in a video, give me a call? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was like, it was just kind of the extension of what I was doing. It was just like, that was my business, you know? Like I said, it was kind of an evolving thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, yeah, the phone number was there. I don't know. I just wanted to be able to be contacted, you know, in case mm-hmm. there was an opportunity that presented itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the whole thing kind of took off. And I started getting phone calls from people that just wanted to, which is no horror story, really. I mean, one, I'm not a woman, so I have a lot less to worry about on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, uh, luckily for me, I guess, sadly for them. And uh, I was getting calls from people who just wanted to express their gratitude through teary eyes and really, uh, you know, really happy phone calls, uh Wow. But it, yeah, it sounds really nice, but really it's just weird when you're not expecting it. You know, you're, you're in the middle of your day and somebody's just like, I just want to thank you for all you've done. Is this Anthony? <laughs> they don't say, is this Anthony? Is this Gems on VHS? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, who's this? This is Joe, and I just want to thank you so much. You changed my life, you know? And uh, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful on one hand, but... As far as like how weird the internet is, it's kind of strange day after day to get that, and you don't really. It's people think you're an asshole if you aren't like you know really receptive to that, even if you're mm-hmm. having a bad day, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, after a while you're just like, well, what more can I say? You know, like thank you. I just I've learned to say just you know thank you, which I am you know so grateful, especially, you know, what else could I want but to change people's lives and make them happy and everything, you know? But mm-hmm. it's just weird to get a. Uh, when it gets really close to you, personal, you know, and I, I'm only on the very edges of any kind of like quote unquote fame, but I'm starting to see that whole weird side of it. And I can't imagine being, you know, an artist who has people, you know, jumping their fence and coming to their house, mm-hmm. you know, like, or worst case scenario, and you know, shooting you, uh, mm-hmm. which is what happens, you know, in real life. John mm-hmm. Lennon, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an old example, but it happens recently to like YouTubers and stuff who, 
mm-hmm. are getting like shot, you know, at their fan signings. There was that one girl I can't even remember, but yeah. That's a cra- as far as crazies go. I mean, the craziest thing. Uh, luckily, nobody in real life has been that crazy yet. I have had people recognize me in real life and and kind of approach me in a weird way, where they'll just like put themselves really close to me at the bar or something, and like strike purposefully strike up a conversation with me, and I'll be like, "Oh, cool, somebody's talking to me," you know, whatever. Well, you're you seem nice, you know, and then start talking. And then later down the conversation realize that they knew who I was the whole time and you're just kind of <laughs> like oh oh uh which is fair it's fine it's all good never had a bad experience uh too bad and but I have had some bad ones on the internet obviously people in the YouTube comments you know getting out of control mm. with some kind of like conspiracy you know anti-semite shit you know oh. that YouTube is yeah. loved for and uh you know those people you just block and hope they don't come kill you and uh yeah well it's funny but it's very true yeah no Uh, i I understand and then just weirdos man just weird people also you know people like especially with patreon it's kind of it's kind of uh, a learning experience because people then come to expect things from you and Mm -hmm. depending on how you have it all set up i guess Mm -hmm. but you know it's 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 always like you're towing a careful line between you know, people expecting things from you and people kind of getting what you're giving them. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. It's just mm-hmm. kind of people can come to expect a lot. I haven't had like a terrible experience with Patreon yet. It's been actually a blessing. It's mm-hmm. great, great, great service. And uh, it really helps kind of fund projects that are not, you know, traditionally plugged into some kind of giant media corporation or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, we're just independent doing this and that. But it is kind of uh, opening itself up to, you know, like a whole bad scenario if you get some kind of super fan that, you know, just then they're giving you money and, I don't know, could lead to some weird scenarios down the line. I'm hoping it never does. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've, I've used Patreon for a long time, almost three years now. And I also really, really appreciate it. And I find that, you know, after after three years of use, those those people who don't understand what you're there for, what you're putting out there, and right. what the exchange is, they yeah. filter themselves out. Yeah, that's good. You know? <laughs> unless, uh, unless, like I said, I always feel for women that are on these things too, because sure. like it can't. I can't even imagine what they go through, you know, like people just getting upset, men, sorry, mm-hmm. men getting obsessed mm-hmm. and coming, you know, mm-hmm. out to shows and like wanting more yeah. than you're willing to give. Especially when they're not like posting uh, not safe for work content or, you oh, know, God, toeing yeah. the line with porn and they're just like a musician or a painter or yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. comic artist or but something like that. Even the ones that are doing their not safe for work content, you know, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of women do. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mean they want to fuck Patreon, all those male fans. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, I'm not trying to fuck you. Uh, this is just what I do. You know, mm-hmm. it's a weird world. It's weird interactions mm-hmm. there. Like a lot of strange, strange uh, expectations come about. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. I mean, just judging by what I have went through and i haven't went through anything extreme but just having my eyes open to being known on the internet uh, i can't imagine being a woman doing that um Mm -hmm. it's just such a scary world man it's like just so many weirdos out there to be honest yeah, I love all the people, though. Uh, if you're listening to this, I probably love you. <laughs> but 
there, I love that qualifier. Let's be honest. <laughs> there are some strange people out there who are just sad and, mm. you know, need our help, need our love, but also might kill us. So mm-hmm. <laughs> be very careful. Yeah. Well, I mean, anybody could kill you. That's that's the problem, isn't it? Especially in America, anybody could kill you. We've all got guns, and we're all willing to use them. Hmm. But you know that is that is kind of um, one of the learning curves of Patreon is being uh, directly tied to a source of revenue. The way that you wouldn't be if you know a TV station was buying your show or yeah. a label was fronting you money for yeah. your career or something like that. There's there's something to navigate there. Yeah, yeah. It's you're directly connected to your fans, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not even in my case, I don't even consider them fans. I mean, it's just people that want to be a part of like mm-hmm. folk music and want to promote it. You know, and we're mm-hmm. kind of a conduit for that. Um, but it is it is different than the advertising revenue model, which I think is great. I'm really not a fan of advertising revenue. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of ads. Mm-hmm. I think all of that. We could just people on the internet for the past like two decades just expect everything for free mm-hmm. which is great but i mean we're we're the world's just changing you know and and it's not going to be i don't think i think there's always going to be advertising but it, that model can be supplanted i think we can we can do something better mm-hmm. ads are shit we all know it mm-hmm. we all use ad blocker you know <laughs> like let's just get over it then i mean if you want to you know spend a dollar a month you know Right, you, and th- you could support twenty different podcasts that you love mm-hmm. for twenty bucks a month. But just give a dollar, mm-hmm. you know. And at that point, it's just like, why not? Fuck it. Right, and that's how I look at Patreon. It's not like, oh, I've decided to give this person my money, and now I expect something. I, it's, you know, I think in part because I use it myself, uh, Mm -hmm. for my own art, but I see it like, wow, this is a way for me to support, support people, an avenue that was not available. Yeah. And it's like, why not take it? Because I, I pay for a Spotify premium subscription, Yeah. but as soon as I listen to more than 12 songs, then you know, whatever I used to understand, uh, like, uh, the, uh, the price of a CD or something like that, you know, yeah. 12 songs, 10 bucks. Um, once I listen to more than those 12 songs, then it's like, I might as well be listening for free. Yeah. I, I have, <laughs> there's actually, no, I think you and one other person on YouTube, um, that I, that I support on Patreon. Oh, no way. Um, here's the part where I say, I have not explored Patreon at all. I have no, I, I barely know how to use my own, but <laughs> I'm, I, I need to, this is inspiring me to get on there and actually like open it up. It's been a slow, slow journey on Patreon for mm-hmm. me. It's been a slow journey on everything for me besides mm-hmm. the music part, you know, cause I just don't, I, I'm never quick to ad- adapt to the new mediums. Mm-hmm. I'm learning it though. I need to get on. There's a few people I know have Patreons that I listen to their podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I have an account, which is fairly new, I need to like start investigating other people's. I don't. I don't know how to even search yet. I got to figure out like how you browse these people's things and like how. How could I help you anytime? Okay, but I think we'll look it up after this. Yeah, (laughs) I'll figure it. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, God, don't. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. Never mind. Take it back. I'll figure it out. All that being said, don't don't be afraid to reach out, man. Mm. (laughs) Because I do. I, I. 
I, when I first signed up for Patreon, I wanted to, I, I wanted to do it right. I still want Patreon to be the entirety of my income, um, or at least what I want my income to be right now. Yeah. And so I, that it's, it's feasible, it's viable and it's, it's been slow going, but it's also slow growing. So that's great. You know, it just yeah. keeps, keeps happening. But when I first signed up, I started by, um, supporting people whose Patreon pages I was using as ideas for my own, like, oh, I like their content, I like their rewards, or maybe I just like this person, yeah. you know, and then from then on, it, it became like a way to, uh, a way to support not only people whose work I appreciate, but also the platform itself. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I've only seen a handful of your videos and I'd say more than half of them are Caleb. Uh, oh, yeah. Caleb's <laughs> great, man. He's Caleb a Griffin. But when he mentioned that you started one, I was like, oh, I, I, I like Anthony. He's doing something cool, even though I don't really like know deep in my soul what it is. I know that it's yeah. cool and I respect it. And Thanks. he's taking steps into, uh, he's taking steps towards having all of his career in his own hands and, and building a career out of his creative endeavors. Like those are all things I want to support yeah, for definitely. everyone in general. Yeah, I can't same. sign up for everyone's, but no, you who know, knows? Maybe we can someday <laughs> like a big pyramid scheme. We'll all just sign up for each other's. <laughs> See well, how fast it falls. As a YouTuber, you know there's something to be said for uh, numbers. Yeah, man. How <laughs> many can we get? Mm -hmm. No, I, I need to get on there, man. And uh, I, I'm going to find yours after this. You know, I found one. Um, it's funny. I wrote this song that I just released this month based on uh, an article that was written like 10 years ago by this psychiatrist on Psychology Today. And I read the article, it was inspiring, I wrote the song, and I was Googling this guy, trying to find out how to contact him, and he's got one too. He does a lot of YouTube videos oh, wow. on like, uh, you know, just Dr. social Phil? stuff. No, what's his name? His name is Godsad. Gad, Gadsad? I don't Gadsad, know. Gadsad, right. Yeah, uh-huh. But that, I thought That's that was funny. so cool, so I was like, oh, I'll sign up for his too, why not? <laughs> like, it's not every day as somebody puts something out into the world and inspires me to write a song. That's funny. You know? Yeah, and so you found something you like. Yeah. yeah, and at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't buy CDs. I don't go out and buy posters for my yeah, walls. Yeah. No, who does? Yeah. I still like getting T-shirts and, like, cool pieces of merch if yeah. it's useful or something like that. Um, but there are fewer traditional opportunities uh, to support people. I, I, well, maybe that's not quite true as much as there are newer ones, new yeah, avenues, no, new ways. The newer ways. ones are more interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd rather experiment on some newer ones. Mm -hmm. I don't really go out to many shows, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. oh, they're all, everybody's always talk about artists. That's Nashville. They're always <laughs> asking me to come out of the show, and I mm -hmm. just want to be like, I, I don't go, sorry. <laughs> I'm busy, I'm editing. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get out there much. I, I, I'm a, kind of a homebody. Not really homebody, office body. Mm -hmm. stay, stay at work, mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's the that's one of the challenges of <laughs> doing something yeah, and keeping creative control in your own camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I could, yeah, because, you, you know, you could always uh, kind of outsource it to other people, especially the editing, mm -hmm. which eventually I'm going to have to do some of because mm -hmm. I have too many ideas and directing that I want to do for the project, and mm -hmm. it's like, the editing is just so much work. I got to kind of parse it out, but for a long time and still, 
I uh, just don't want to give that creative control away, you know? Sure. It's one thing to have a business and not want to, you know, you read a lot about people not wanting to give away their business control. But that's like a big part of being a boss, learning how to uh, kind of, uh, what do they call it, divest when you give away it's uh, so funny i'm i'm it's one of those words like whenever right i'm in charge of, of something i'm so good at this and now like it's both delegate there it delegate is. that's <laughs> it yeah it's hard to delegate yeah uh, uh-huh. but it's one of the big things you learn in business is delegating but it gets a little harder when it's like your creative you know endeavor mm-hmm. whether it's writing a song or editing in my case like mm-hmm. i don't I just, every time i let somebody else edit i don't like it as much mm-hmm. <laughs> which really i mean if you're giving it to the right, I have the right people in my camp that I could give it to, but they're also really busy now too. Like mm-hmm. the other end of our business is growing really well. And, uh, you know, they're busy doing that. So I've kind of taken it upon myself to run gems. The other end being the, the four hire work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have another company, five folds creative that does four hire work, commercials, music mm-hmm. videos, mostly cause we're in Nashville. So mm-hmm. a lot of music videos and, uh, that's going really well. And I've kind of stepped back from that. I, I still, obviously, I'm a partner in the, that business, so I, Gems is kind of like under that. And I've kind of taken on the whole Gems on VHS hmm. realm of things because mm-hmm. I brought it to the table. So, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm like running that full time, and it's really great. But it is a lot of, yeah, a lot of me not uh, delegating. <laughs> sure. A lot of me taking on way too much. Mm-hmm. I, I do need to learn how to. I guess you got to find the people that are right to work on it with you. Yeah. I have found one person. My uh, my friend Monica works with me now, and the person who got the shirt you're wearing packaged up and sent to you uh, was M- Monica, and she's great. Mm-hmm. That's been a I couldn't have done all of what I've done already without that. You know, mm-hmm. like sending out hundred packages to you know Patreon people. That was a task i would never be ready for otherwise i've never uh mailed anything in my life so mailing out a hundred t-shirts was not going to be the first thing so luckily she figured it out for me and it was great and that is a, a beautiful point to get to even when you can start letting go of the littlest tasks yeah i mean bands that i know have the hardest time dividing work up uh, amongst themselves yeah. you know there's like well, one dude always who gets lazy it in the band, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah yeah but when you find somebody it's i would imagine that monica's pretty passionate about what you're doing as well yeah definitely. really enjoys it and wants to see so. it succeed mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well i mean yeah. she wouldn't be she wouldn't be she wouldn't be helping you out with this stuff if yeah, uh, she didn't want to be yeah. yeah no she she's great she loves it and uh that's that's really what you're looking for is just somebody who is loving what you're doing that wants to be a part of it mm-hmm. which is great i've had people email me wanting to be a part of it but it's kind of like you know gotta you also have to be somebody that i can stand being around for that can that can stand being around me is probably the main <laughs> thing for that that long i know you seem super super chill tonight especially well what am i gonna do start yeah. bossing you around and <laughs> <laughs> you just tell me to leave <laughs> i don't know i hopefully i'm not too bossy i, I just like I, you know, it's hard to with the, the, every day at work. It's hard to stay passionate about what you're doing. You know, I, I tend to mm. really downplay 
because I, I hate bragging too, and I hate uh, I hate talking about myself. But here I am. Oh, you're very kind. Then thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I I just hate uh, I hate you know I don't know the everyday life kind of stuff. I I tend to be down at work. I just I tend to be kind of like. You know, I've got my head not in the clouds very much so in the... Uh, I have a hard time describing what I do passionately, you know? like, And I, I think I'm that. trying to work on that. Because mm-hmm. if you're not interested in what you're doing, nobody's going to be interested in what you're doing when you're talking about it. That elevator pitch kind of stuff, you know? Yes, yes. I, I agree with that. And I also relate with what you're saying about... Uh, being super enthusiastic about right. the things that you're making. You know, you said earlier you spend a lot of time in your head. Yeah. You know? And so uh, when you have when you have an idea or you for a, a a shot or a song or a lick or an editing sequence or something like that and and you see it start to come together for the first time when you when you get it all laid out, you're like, "Oh, yes, this is exciting." And if you could talk to people in that moment, you'd be like, "This is so cool. I'm doing this. I'm doing right, that." Yeah. Well, they, then, they wouldn't find that minute part of it maybe all that not. interesting either, would they? Yeah. They like the final product. But then immediately afterwards, it's all it's all matter of fact. Yeah. You know, you you <laughs> just do. This is just something that you do. Yeah, yeah. And I mm-hmm. like to complain too, so I love to complain. I love to complain, so, you know, I'll be like, and that's how I work my way through whatever I'm working on, man. Like, complaining is cathartic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm, so it's got to be somebody that works with me that can kind of, can kind of deal with that, you know, because a lot of these people that hit me up wanting to work with me, uh, like on the, you know, making the videos and with, also what they don't realize is... Uh, if they, if they could see it without the rose-tinted glasses, you know, they mm. may not like the nitty-gritty of it because, you know, I need help sending out 100 T-shirts, not finding the next great artist, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's a, that's the easy part. That's the, the hard part is the uh, hours of tedious editing and mailing out T-shirts. Uh, that's, the, that's the part that is not quite rosy all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part that I, I, I want to divest myself from, but also I have to you know, give to somebody else, but don't want to, that's why I love Monica. She's great. She loves it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. or at least she pretends to enough to, uh, get through the day. So. Hey, if you can't tell the difference, the I can't tell you, <laughs> helps me get through the day that she can get through the day and then we help each other. See now. So, so people can understand cause they may not understand if they're not making videos themselves and working on creative projects themselves. You, Confirm an artist, you get a date, and you start to make the video. Well, let's just let's just start there. Confirm an artist, get a date, and then flash forward, video is released. Mm-hmm. What goes on in between then, and how long does it take? Well, it depends um, when they're coming into town. Um, sometimes, if they're coming to Nashville, you know, we'll plan it out ahead of time on their tour, and I'll uh, you know look for a location, this, that, and the other. And but uh. It's it's rapidly changing how long that scenario looks like because mm. now I'm scheduling the videos out ahead of time. Yeah. Right. That's always a good thing to do, isn't it? Um, but I've only gotten to like April right now, so don't worry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too good at this yet. Uh, but I do have everything planned out this month, so I'm trying to plan it out a month ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, soon it'll be like two, three, four months ahead, hopefully. And, mm-hmm. and then it'll be like, as far as when I release things, I have such a huge backlog of videos I've shot too now that, golly, I mean, that time could look like 
you know, some people are going to have to wait a year before mm-hmm. their video comes out, I guess, mm-hmm. if they don't mind. And, uh, yeah, so the time's, time is changing. <laughs> uh, it used to be, you know, try to do it and then release it next week, but you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot harder now with all the different responsibilities and everything. Mm-hmm. This would be a lifelong thing, right? Maybe one day I'll take a year off and just catch up. <laughs> we'll see. Well, that's one of my, uh, that's one of my next, uh, journey milestones to yeah. pass. One of my next stops along the road is, uh, being able, not a full year. I haven't been quite that ambitious, but like two weeks, huh. two weeks and not working on anything. Ooh, I like that. that I haven't, I haven't good. had two weeks and not working on anything. I can't even remember. Oh well, yeah. Well, when you're working on your own yeah. thing, like you are, mm-hmm. I mean, you, taking time off is just an illusion it's a blur man (laughs) that's why you asked me about ireland if i went for work for fun uh, it's kind of like i was actively trying to go for fun Hmm. realizing that i never do anything for fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) like everything is fun to me when it is about what i like to do Hmm. Mm -hmm. god that was a cheesy thing because that's that was me trying to be enthusiastic about what I'm doing. <laughs> I usually am pretty yeah pretty matter of fact about it all so it's not really uh, never never gets that cheesy but yeah it's true I mean everything you do ends up when you're when you're self-employed and when you're whether you're doing an artistic thing that is all or a straight-up business thing mm-hmm. uh, everything becomes you know it's hard to turn off work mm-hmm. you know you just take it home with you because it's at your home, it's at your office, it's at wherever you go, mm-hmm. you're working. So it's a, it's a hard to find that line and turn it off, man. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It took me about a year after quitting my last day job to do the slow drag. Uh, it took me about a year before I could take a full day off Yeah. and not have a bunch of anxiety or not yeah, have it in not my head. Yeah, not feel guilty and not feel like you could do something better with your time. Which isn't to say that I would take the day off and be free of thought from yeah, yeah. <laughs> from work but like i don't know it's it's become it's become important for me to have uh a few hours every week where i just yeah. like do something totally different that's it like we were talking about this recharging mm-hmm. your brain mm-hmm. too man mm-hmm. you got to recharge your creative energy if i like i was talking about if i know when to walk away from the work now because at some mm-hmm. point you just mm-hmm. do bad work was well, the same with taking like a day off because if you don't take a day two three four days off at some point it's called a vacation then uh, you're just doing bad work. I mean, that's what it is, you know. Not very few people, I think, can just work nonstop and be, in a, especially in a creative field, and be making returns that you look good, sound good, whatever. Same with a business, though. I'm sure you'd be a shit boss if you all you did was work and you didn't take any time to see the bigger picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. Like and when happy. you're your own boss... Keeping your own morale up. Yeah, there you go. That's it, man. See, yeah. that's it. Yeah, keeping your own morale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that was the part I was trying to explain that I kind of get lost in where I was mm. just talking about like being enthusiastic about what you do to other people. Mm. Like when I'm, you know, I'm just so bad at explaining what I do. And I always, I, I'm like actively trying to change that because I realize that, like I was saying, people, if if you're not excited about what you're doing, people aren't excited about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. A big part of that is taking time off to take a step back and be like, oh, what I do really is cool. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't realize that if you are in it all the time, you're mm-hmm. in the middle of it all the time. You're like, well, what I do isn't cool because I'm sitting here, you know, banging my head against the wall thinking right. how I'm going to edit this thing and all these deadlines and this, that, and the other. Uh, but, you know, when you take a step back and you get to, you know, appreciate also those emails from the creepy people I was talking about earlier, <laughs> that helps a lot. No, I'm just kidding. They're creepy. But uh, the ones that are really nice, you know, where mm-hmm. people are like just pouring their heart out to you about what you do being so great. Well, then you're just like, wow. Yeah. Okay, I guess what I do is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like that feels great to be able to help people with art in some kind of way. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny with all the things that I expect, I mean, unduly expect from my creative endeavors, one should expect nothing. But, you know, I expect that people are going to listen. I expect that some people are going to enjoy, but I never expect to open up my email inbox or my DMs or anything and see these messages that you're describing. They, mm. they come from me too. And it's, yeah. it's always a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Music touches people in, in uh, ways that you don't expect uh, when you get into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just do it for you because we all just want to kind of express ourselves and get those feelings on the inside out. And when you do, hmm. people it hits the other people, and then it echo location bounces off of them and comes back to you, and mm-hmm. you know, that's how the world turns, man. Look at that, hmm. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah, that's how the world turns. <laughs> and it's especially nice because by the time I put out a song, it might be the same for videos. I'm so fucking tired of listening to that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some of them I can watch uh, over and over again that I'm always looking to the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you're trying to write the next song. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking forward to the next thing all the time. Don't want to. Yeah, a lot of artists are that way. Uh, you know, they don't like the last thing they made. Mm-hmm. You know, won't even watch it. Won't even listen to it. It's all about the next thing you can make. You mm-hmm. know, it's exhausting making it, and so you end up with bad feelings about it. Really, I mean, you know, hopefully, <laughs> good feelings. Like you know, no hard feelings about the things that you make in the past why i don't delete them or anything mm-hmm. we were talking about that earlier kind of artists get kind of caught up on their previous project thinking mm-hmm. way too much about it mm-hmm. and some of them go back and delete it because they're like oh you know i, I don't mm-hmm. like it it's mm-hmm. the old me i'm guilty say, of that forget about it you mm-hmm. know just like leave it on there and move on unless mm-hmm. it's like clearly offensive at this point <laughs> you know and like times have changed and you could get in yeah. trouble for it like, uh-huh. just leave everything up for people to take it as they will and you know you just move on you people are living in the present a lot of times so you know i'm not worried about the thing i put out 10 years ago because i'm making stuff now and that's where we live now mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna keep pushing you know mm-hmm. which is awesome and exhausting so it makes it sound like you've made something that was really outrageous and offensive in the past and this is <laughs> no, like a lesson <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and quench that. I, I don't think I have. I mm. used to debate on Facebook a lot when I was uh, mm. adolescent. I think that mm. was a mistake. Yeah, I've learned a lot from that. <laughs> Times have changed, though. You know. What did you way. fight about? What was your passion? Well, I wouldn't. Well, okay. So sometimes there was, I was probably guilty of being a bit of a troll. Uh, oh, yeah. just like i didn't see that one coming but it's the, yeah you know, there's multiple sides to everything and i i also just really enjoy debate and i always have and mm-hmm. i still do kind of and you know i've always that's how i learn is by testing ideas in a public forum i really liked that part of it i i still think that people should be able to say anything on a public forum and like 
testing out their ideas and listening to other people debate them back. But then I realized on Facebook it all became thea- theatrics. Mm-hmm. It all just became, you know, tribal. People just kind of like fighting just for points. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, look at me, everybody that agrees with me already. Like, I'm going to tear this person down and I want your likes, you know. like, And I realized that that was just unhealthy and I was probably guilty of that. Doing sure. that sometimes. Now when I... Well, actually, I try not to get on Facebook. Now, I think Facebook is just poisonous in general. I don't think you can use Facebook in a good way. I think every, <laughs> I'm serious, I think it's just a terrible place. Yeah, like it half brings of out my the worst. entire business is on Facebook. Yeah, well, yeah. and mine now too. Uh, <laughs> that's why I, I actually was off Facebook. Like I'm not like, Dang. which felt great because, and it wasn't like a purposeful thing. I mean, I wanted to be off and I got off and I stopped looking, but eventually it just kind of died. And it was like, every time I would get on, my notifications would just be random shit, you mm-hmm. know, that meant nothing. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, all right, I don't need to check this anymore. And I didn't for a long time and uh it was great and now like i have facebook groups with the gyms on vhs with all the fans everybody's in there talking and i have a uh, post i have to make and all this that and the other and now i'm back on there and i'm like oh man i'm oh, i'm falling back into my old ways sometimes i gotta catch myself you know mm-hmm. gotta get 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 out of the endless scroll i'm much more of a fan of instagram Hmm. which I now I'm also addicted to, but at least I can't like argue on there as much. Sure. It doesn't lend itself to Facebook debates. Well, you know, they did just release this feature where you can continue a reply thread. Hmm. So there you go, man. Oh no. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I've learned a lot since those days. So yeah, you're asking what, what a uh, terrible thing I did in the past. Oh, that'd be, that would be the, the worst thing I probably did was, uh, <laughs> debate one too many people on Facebook. <laughs> and I still, there's still people that don't like me from those days. Yeah. That's interesting how easy it is to take something personally. That's what it really is. From the internet. taking things way too personally. Well, I mean, to to your credit, I do see like ad hominem attack after ad hominem attack in Facebook debates where it's just like, you're a piece of shit. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then like some soundbite of an argument. Um, anyway, yeah. People think they're really smart is the main thing to mm-hmm. take away, and they yeah. are not. That is the biggest problem is, uh, everybody wants to argue like they're fucking on a world stage and really you just sound like, and you sound, and I'm totally probably guilty of this. You, you sound like an idiot. I think the only thing you know for certain is that you know nothing. Is that like Socrates mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. Come on, hit me with the hard philosophy here. Mm-hmm. No, just take a little humility, you know, that go a long way, I think, on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just... In life in general. In life in general. Exactly, yeah. man. <laughs> humility, knowing that you know nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they know something for sure, and I just want to be like, you know, how do you know that? Uh, you know, I don't even know if reality is real. Are we in the Matrix right now, or is this like real life, you know? Well, I don't, don't you dare anything. ask anybody how they know something, because if they don't know how to answer, they're just going to get insecure, and they're going to attack you. Uh, that's it, yeah. No, uh, don't suggest that things that people know is maybe incorrect (laughs) it is uh, a hard thing to do for sure (laughs) well i don't know that might that might be a good nugget of knowledge to pin it right there pin it man yeah i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) if you've listened to this this far i know nothing no hopefully hopefully i know something but uh, hopefully I'm learning. That's the biggest thing. Hmm. There's mm-hmm. something to pin it on. There it is. Always yeah. keep learning. Yep. My grandma would say uh, they can take everything from you. I don't know who they were, 
but they can't take what's up here. And she point to her head. Mm. See, they you know they can't take your mind from you. So mm. as long as you're still thinking, you're still you're still doing good. I like it. Yeah. So I like I said earlier, I will put uh, some links in the uh, show notes. Yeah. I'm gonna put the YouTube channel. I'm gonna put the Instagram. Is there an official website? Yeah. Gems oh, on I'll start with that and do the others. Anything I else? I made it myself. Do you want your personal stuff on there? Uh, sure, yeah. At Anthony Simpkins. There we go. <laughs> you really want to get personal on Instagram. Don't <laughs> at me on Facebook. <laughs> I uh, I really, I get so many friend requests uh, from fans on the of the YouTube channel or whatever. I just like, because my name is on all the YouTube videos mm. and it's just like really easy to find me. And uh, I just, I don't accept any of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like I'm done. Friends and family. Who? What other other like too many people I added on there already, and that's it. Like no more. <laughs> well, if they want to find you on the internet, they can go to those places, or they can go to yeah. your Patreon page. Yeah. Patreon.com/slash Gems on VHS. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check out the YouTube channel first. Maybe they'll get an idea of like what we're doing. <laughs> nah, fuck it. Support. Just sign up. You'll love yourself for I it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get off of here and uh, sign up for some as well. Now that I think about it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I do need to. I've been meaning to for a long time. <laughs> There's a lot of podcasts I gotta, I gotta yeah. show my love for. Well, cool, man. Yo, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. It's been fun. Cool. I'll see you in this climbing gym. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks again for listening to The Slow Drag Has a Podcast, too. If you enjoyed it, you can head on over to theslowdrag.com where you can become a patron of this podcast, the music, all the art that The Slow Drag puts out into the world. It's a really great thing, and I think you should check it out. If you're not ready to make the Patreon commitment, that's okay. You can leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, and make sure to subscribe over there, too. Follow the podcast on Spotify or SoundCloud or from wherever you're listening. A little bit goes a long way, guys. Thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you all next time.